Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Four Vaginas Only. I am your host, Dr. Celestine, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about my pregnancy journey and continuing that conversation. If you didn't check it out before, I have a podcast episode and video on YouTube prior to this one about my pregnancy journey in the first trimester, but in this video, we're going to be talking about my pregnancy journey in the second trimester. So let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to Four Vaginas Only, the podcast about everything female. I'm your host, Dr. Celestine, bringing you important information about understanding your health and body in the way you wish your doctor would actually explain it. All right, guys, so the second trimester of pregnancy, it's notoriously known for being one of the best trimesters. It's usually when you're the most comfortable um, in terms of your belly size and in terms of some of the first trimester symptoms getting a little bit better. In my case, that wasn't 100% true, but we'll talk about that um, as we go through. But the first trimester in general is from week 14 to week 28. It's the trimester in between the first and the third trimester. If you don't know, there are three trimesters of pregnancy, hence trimester three. There are some things that you do in this trimester in terms of medical care with your doctor for a normal pregnancy, um, which we'll talk about. There's lots of other high-risk pregnancy things that, depending on your specific issue, you might have to do in the second trimester. This is about my pregnancy journey and also kind of what I learned along the way as a doctor who then finally became pregnant for the first time. Um, so I can actually experience or what my patients have been going through and been talking to me about, but my pregnancy was relatively normal. So I'm not going to be talking about any high risk pregnancy details. Okay. So if you listen to the first episode, you know that I had a lot of nausea and vomiting in the first trimester. It was horrible. I still have PTSD about it. I still think about it. Um, I want to try for another baby in the future, but Literally, I could still taste the nausea in my mouth. If you've ever had nausea in pregnancy, you know what I mean. It is not fun. Um, and unfortunate for me, mostly people talk about that improving in the second trimester, but it didn't improve for me until probably about 17 weeks, and the second trimester starts at about 14 weeks. So it took almost another month into the second trimester for me to stop vomiting. Now, the nausea, I would say, never went away. There were still smells that I couldn't be around. Um, I was smelling certain things that other people weren't that made me slightly uncomfortable and nauseous. So that didn't really improve that much, but I'll take it because not having to vomit every single day, multiple times a day, it was a win in my book. So after about 18 weeks, I felt pretty okay. Um, and I could actually be happy about the pregnancy at this point. In the first trimester, I was excited. You know, I had talked about the fact in the last episode, I talked about how I had a pregnancy loss and I had to undergo a dilation and curatage procedure for that. Um, so I wanted to be pregnant. I was happy to be having a baby, but I was miserable at the same time during the first trimester that I didn't even feel like celebrating yet. I mean, I could barely even muster enough energy to go to work. Um, nobody at work knew that I was pregnant in the beginning. So trying to kind of keep that quiet while feeling like a bag of SHIT, um, <laughs> was hard. But uh, by the second trimester, about 18 weeks or so, I felt okay. Now, just 
in normal pregnancies and every pregnancy with your physician around 16 to 18 weeks. Usually we do a test called the um, maternal AFP where basically what I tell my patients, the general gist of it is to make sure that the spinal cord of the baby is completely fused and closed. So I had that done with my doctor, um, who was also my friend at around 16 to 18 weeks. And I had started to actually gain weight. Um, and the first time I started, I actually lost weight. And I'm a pretty small person. I weigh like usually in the 120s. And in my first pregnancy visit ever, which was about six or seven weeks into the pregnancy, I weighed about 117, 118. So it was super, super, super low. But by the second trimester, that was picking back up. So I was um, gaining weight adequately. And so was my baby, which is what was most important for me, obviously, and for um, the baby. So a couple other things happened to me in the second trimester, aside from the fact that I was feeling great and, you know, going to work and the holidays were coming up. So that was good too. I think it was just right after Thanksgiving last year where I started to feel okay. Um, all of a sudden I started to get a pain in the upper right part of my back. Now I had a history of one time having a kidney stone back in medical school um, and that pain was horrible. It was the worst pain I've ever experienced up until recently. And I felt like that was happening again. It was with my left kidney, I believe. And it was like throbbing pain. First, it, I thought it was something that would go away, maybe like a gas pain, but it just started to get worse. Um, I ended up having to go get an ultrasound during the pregnancy of my kidney, which ultrasounds of the kidney don't normally see a kidney stone. And in pregnancy, some of the signs of a kidney stone are actually normal things that you would see on the ultrasound during pregnancy of an ultrasound of your kidney anyway. So it's a little hard to delineate. Um, but at least the ultrasound didn't look horrible. I still had the pain. I did some pain management with just some regular, um, like Tylenol. And, um, eventually I passed out some kind of like dusty, remnants of stone in my urine and the pain went away. So that was about like a week of discomfort, a week of not knowing what was going to happen because sometimes in pregnancies and people that have had kidney stones, you have to, it ends up lasting for a long time. You don't end up passing it. Sometimes people even need nephrostomy tubes, which is a tube that um, drains the urine out of their back through the kidney, which is obviously something no one wants to experience, especially during pregnancy where you're already super uncomfortable. So I was nervous about that, but luckily for me, the stone passed and I was okay actually for the remainder of the pregnancy. So that was good. Um, I was very lucky. Um, I was still combating the acne. If you guys remember from my first video, I talked about um, my pregnancy acne and the products that I used in order to help it get better. And it was starting to improve in the second trimester. I mostly had it on my chin, on my forehead, um, lots and lots of little bumps. And I used a specific regimen. I stuck with it with products that were deemed safe from a dermatologist that I know. Um, so I use the products that were recommended to me and I talk about that in the first video as well. So if you want to check that out, so I was still combating that, but I was actually seeing some improvements and some of the dark spots from the, the pimples that I had picked a little bit in the first trimester were starting to get better. So I was happy about that as well. Um, so the acne, the kidney stone, also my second trimester and then the kicker. So I was at work. And I started to feel my whole entire stomach get hard and then relax, get hard and then relax. Now, Braxton Hicks contractions can be common and they can potentially start in the second trimester. 
They're usually what they're known as kind of false labor contractions, but their real term is Braxton Hicks. And they are contractions that aren't actually labor. It's kind of just your uterus mimicking the contraction of labor, but not actually getting strong, not actually getting painful. And the contractions are staying the same interval from like start to finish. And the contractions are not getting closer together. So not labor. However, (laughs) um, mine were lasting. I mean, I had them all day for at least two days and, you know, doctors do not make the best patients. So at first I didn't even tell my doctor and I put myself on the monitor on my own in my office <laughs> to see what was happening. And I was having a contraction like every two minutes. Um, it wasn't improving with rest. It wasn't improving with hydration. Um, of course, I was still working. I worked all the way until the end of my pregnancy, but um, I wasn't like super active on my feet for long periods of time or anything. Maybe a little dehydrated because when I'm busy, I tend not to drink as much water as I should. But even when I actively tried to drink water, it wasn't getting better. So that was like two days of that. And then finally, I told my doctor friend uh, and she made me actually go to the hospital and get monitored. Um, another thing about me is that during my pregnancy, it was noted that I had fibroids on my uterus. So they were very small to begin with. However, they started to grow during pregnancy and they were in the lower part of my uterus and they were actually starting to hurt a little bit. They would hurt even to touch on the skin and they would hurt when I had those Braxton Hicks contractions. So there was a concern that maybe it was even the fibroids that were causing my uterus to contract more than it normally should. So I went into the hospital. I got monitored. I was definitely still having the contractions like every two to three minutes, but luckily my cervix was still closed. Um, my water didn't break. I didn't have any vaginal bleeding, um, but they wouldn't go away. So I got some medication to kind of calm that down. And luckily, I mean, from that point on in the second trimester, my fibroid pain improved and those false labor contractions never really happened again, at least not in the same intensity. So luckily my fibroid pain improved after that and I had, I didn't have to stay in the hospital overnight. I went home the same day and got some rest and, um, it never really got worse again after that. The tenderness on my belly kind of improved a little bit as well. Um, but it was something I was also kind of looking out for during the pregnancy because of the enlarging fibroids. I had one that was, I believe about five centimeters and another one that was three centimeters and they were kind of touching. So it almost made like an eight centimeter mass in my lower abdomen that you can kind of see if I laid flat um, and I could feel them on my skin when I touched, um, but they weren't in the cavity. They weren't pushing on the baby. It was mostly just uncomfortable for me and maybe causing a couple of contractions um, at that time. Another thing that I wanted to touch on is that I did genetic testing early on in my pregnancy at about like 10 weeks or so. I don't think I mentioned this in the first trimester video. And I did the testing in order to see if I was low risk or high risk for Down syndrome, trisomy 13, trisomy 18, or um, chromosomal abnormalities. And another good thing that it tells you is it can tell you the gender of the baby that you were having. So um, early on, I I didn't know. I, my friend knew that was my doctor, and she threw us a little tiny gender reveal, which is me, my husband, and my mom, and we popped a balloon and set off some like confetti in the house and found out that I was having a boy. So that was one pretty exciting thing at the kind of end of the first, beginning of the second trimester. About 20 weeks, I also did an anatomy ultrasound with the maternal fetal medicine specialist doctor, who also confirmed that, yes, it was a boy, and... Um, 
all the fingers and toes and structures and the brain and the face were all normal. So that was really reassuring as well for me around that time. So the genetic testing that you can do early on is actually a blood test on the person carrying the baby and it picks up fetal cells that actually circulate in the carrier of the baby's blood And that can be tested for different chromosomal abnormalities and for the gender. And it should not take the place of any specialized additional testing that your OBGYN would like to do, but it's something that's a great tool that we have that we can find out if there's any issues and also find out a gender early on. So that's pretty much what I went through in the second trimester from 14 to 28 weeks. Luckily, I started to feel mostly better. I was working. I ended up telling my job that I was pregnant finally. I was a little nervous about that, you know, because I had had the loss and I almost felt like telling people would jinx it. So not that I was like afraid to tell anybody I worked with, but I didn't want to jinx the pregnancy. I think anybody that has experienced a loss, it's hard to come to terms with the fact that this pregnancy, the following one will be okay. It's hard to think that the same thing won't happen again or something even worse now that I was further along. So I don't think I told anybody until like about January. Then I had to figure out leave, which in the United States is a battle. Um, But luckily I did get a decent amount of leave, but we'll talk about that a little more in my next video. Um, I cannot believe I almost forgot the biggest thing that I was able to do in my second trimester was exercise and work out. So I usually work out a lot. I can't say I love working out. It's kind of like a addiction after a while. Like you get used to the feeling, you get used to the endorphins. Plus working out in pregnancy, as long as you worked out before, you're not doing anything new. You're not doing anything that's too strenuous is completely safe. But I would, of course, as usual with all my videos and all my podcast episodes, you guys know, check with your doctor about your specific situation to make sure that exercise is safe for you. But for me, it was, so I worked out finally during the second trimester. I know they say that working out in the first trimester can help with nausea and vomiting, but when I tell you, I couldn't even lift myself up off of the couch or off of the bed after I came home from work each day in the first trimester, working out was not going to happen. But in the second trimester, when I felt good, it was amazing. So I worked out a lot on my bike. I have a stages cycling bike, which I've had since during the pandemic. And I use the Peloton app for it. So I do my favorite workouts are bike boot camp workouts, which I did a little bit in pregnancy, but I just modified it. I did certain things so I wasn't laying on my belly. I wasn't laying on my back or putting too much stress on my belly. Um, but the cycling part was fine. I was comfortable actually all the way through the pregnancy. But I worked out a lot during my pregnancy. Like every other day or so, I would at least do a 30-minute bike workout. I didn't do any running or anything like that, which is what I've been doing more postpartum, which we'll talk to when I talk about my postpartum journey as well. Um, but lots and lots of indoor cycling, which was great. And it was nice to actually keep my energy up um, and to make me kind of feel a little bit like myself during pregnancy. Because it's interesting, I mean, even when you become a mom too, you kind of lose a little bit of yourself. That's part of it, right? Like now you're giving yourself to somebody else. But it was nice to still feel like myself, even though I was pregnant um, with my baby and this big belly that was growing. (laughs) 
Um, so working out is something that I was really into in the second trimester. And I was so glad that I was able to do it again since the first trimester I was not. So that's it. That was my second trimester in OBGYN's first time being pregnant and experiencing the second trimester from 14 weeks to 28 weeks. Dealing with my acne, dealing with a kidney stone, dealing with the emotions of this being actually seeming like a good pregnancy now, me exercising and how that changed and what that meant during pregnancy. Lots of things that I discovered and figured out in the second trimester and finally feeling happy about the pregnancy after the horrible first trimester um, of symptoms. But um, thank you guys so much for listening and stay tuned for my next episode, which will be about trimester number three. You can listen to my podcast on iTunes and anywhere podcasts are streamed. You can watch this podcast on YouTube, which is a new version of the podcast that I've been doing for about a year now, a few months. You can follow me on at four vaginas only on Instagram, where I talk more about my life and my day to day, but I also post about my podcast episodes and interesting content there. And you can email me at drc at fbonly.com or go on my website, fourvaginasonly.com. So many ways to reach me, so many ways to listen to this podcast or watch this podcast. And I'll see you guys next time. Bye.